Hey, good morning, all my fun friends. Let me do this before we go any further, because I think this is like really important. Sorry, guys. But, uh, uh, it's easier for me to hook up my mic than to be, oh man, I hate carrying around a bunch of wires, you know what I mean? But I like the way my mic works because it allows me, oh, let's see where this thing's at. Oh. It allows me to <clears throat> not worry about having my phone on or anything like that. Let's see what happens if I do this. So you should be able to hear me. You probably, uh, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I have this thing called a lapel mic. So you'll be hearing me from that. What I want to do is share some things with you. We are in a very strange place here in the United States right now. Unprecedented measures taken by local governments that are not justified. Neither are they uh, uh, powers given to them by the, the... There has to be... I mean, we're not being attacked by any enemies. This is a, a flu, basically a virus that is nothing compared to the seasonal flu which kills tens of thousands of people. Hey Google, how many people die from the common flu each year in America? Oh, I don't have any information about that. Wow. Hey Google, how many people die from the flu each year? Here's what I understood from the website webmd.com. An estimated 56,000 people die of flu each year. Do you want a little more context? Yes. I guess there was no more context. So, was it 58,000 people die a year? Or 52? So, 50,000 people die every year. Hey, Google. How many people die in the United States from flu every year? On the website usnews.com, they say the CDC predicts that at least 12,000 Americans will die from the flu in any given year. Do you want a little more context? More context. On the website literarydevices.net, they say context is the background, environment, setting, framework, or surroundings of events or occurrences. <laughs> Simply, context means circumstances. Hey, Google, and so 12,000 people a year are estimated to die every year from the flu. In China, we know we, we, we we're never going to know exactly the numbers from China because China is a communist country. The government doesn't give a shit about its, about its uh, citizens that actually are the ones who give them what they have, give the government what they have. And so we can't trust them. But we know in this country, we've had deaths, yes, and it's unfortunate. Any death is unfortunate from any kind of sickness whatsoever. It's very unfortunate. It's very terrible. And that's a, that's a human being who's gone. That's the tragedy, a life lost. But this is something that we can control, but we don't have a right to take, take away the rights and liberties of people. We can ask people to... Uh, you know, do things voluntarily um, unless there are certain circumstances, but you cannot suspend rights. You can't, you just can't do it. They're, they're just, the Congress 
a president, a mayor, a governor, nobody has the power to suspend your rights, okay? That much is a fact. Your rights can, because remember, they're unalienable. The reason why they're unalienable is because they're not given to us by the government. The only thing that has happened is, is that the Bill of Rights enumerates uh, for the government, knowing what their limits are and where they cannot overstep. In other words, I have the right to bear arms. Why? Number one, obviously, to, to uh, uh, for myself for self-preservation. Um, to whether that self-preservation is anywhere from self-defense to hunting. Uh, maybe I do for it doesn't matter. But also, this is what was in the mind of the founders. Also, so that I would be at the ready in case I was needed. Uh, uh, in my community to help defend somebody from a criminal, a real criminal, or an attack from somebody outside of our nation. You know what I mean? Like an attack by another nation. Or, as they say, they would say, uh, a government turning uh, tyrannical. They're going outside of the Bill of Rights. And it's gotten so egregious that, you know, there, there's no other choice but to, you know, here's, here's the idea. You try the soapbox you try the ballot box you try the jury box if you can and if all of those fail the only thing you have left is the cartridge box or just take it and die okay so you at least fight for what you believe see that's one thing is what what has been diminished I believe that the public school system and a lot of parents today because they come from the generation of public school system where they have taught that your rights are contingent upon uh, basically a democratic understanding of liberty, which is based upon the good of the many outweighs the, the needs of the one. No, no, that's not true. The needs of the one outweigh the good of the many. In the United States, we flipped that coin. We said no. It is no longer the good of the the, the many outweigh the, the needs of the one. No, 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 no. The good of the one outweighs the needs of the many as vice versa. The needs of the one outweighs the needs of the many. This idea that the individual life is expendable when it compares to what, I don't know what arbitrary number somebody would pick. What, two or more people? What would be considered um, the threshold to where individual liberty ends and group liberty takes over. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Not in America. We were never built to be that way. Now, there's going to be people who are going to argue with me on that. And you know what? I deal with the reality. I deal with today. I don't care about anything that I cannot physically address myself, that I cannot physically deal with myself. I, I mean, theories are cool. You want to tell me about some some theory, some theory you have, some conspiracy you want to bring up? Fine, bring it up. Just remember, I'm going to ask you for proof. And if you don't have it, and it's hearsay, I'm going to call you out on it. And if I don't believe you because you can't present me with actual empirical evidence, and then you start getting on my ass about it, which people do, that's not going to be a good day for you. Because your ass, I'm, I'm not going to cut you any slack at all. The reason why I have these programs in the first place in this podcast is for this reason. The reason is this, is to simply express my opinions, and they are my opinions, okay? 
of uh, what's going on around me in the world today. And there are people that this, this, that this podcast is for and there are people that this podcast is not for. Those who don't agree, those, and, and if you don't agree, actually, if you don't agree, I want you to be a part of this podcast because that's what the comment sections are for. That is what the, the communications uh, uh, setup I have, which is just going to danielramirez.org, danielramirez.org, and, and uh, you can communicate with me there. If you have an opinion, fine. I want to hear it. I really do. If you disagree with me, great. And if you're passionate about your disagreement, fantastic. Language doesn't bother me. What will shut down our discussion really fast is bullshit. And we all know what bullshit is. If you're just here to argue for the sake of arguing, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't put up with that bullshit, dude. Okay. That's why really I don't really leave... Uh, engage in a lot of comments online unless I see that the discussion that's taking place is actually one that people are thinking they're thinking out before they write stuff out. I don't really like doing stuff in text because it's just it's a very mm, what's the word I'm looking for it's very uh, clinical it's very it's just that you can't hear somebody's voice you can't see their inflections you can't you can't see the expressions on their face you can't hear their inflections. And a lot of times things can be misunderstood, especially if you do not how to correctly structure a sentence <clears throat> and convey and express your thoughts and ideas in actual words in correct English. That, that can literally lead to some problems. But here's the thing today. Most people don't understand that your personal offenses are the very reason why the First Amendment was written because somebody gets offended they want that uh, the person that offended them not to have the right to offend them in other words they want to suppress someone's speech or ideas no matter how it, you know my son asked me one time when I talk about my son I'm talking about an adult man because all my sons are grown up they're men now so they're responsible for everything they say and do um, my son, oh, I just totally lost train of thought. I was, I was hearing something outside my door there. Sorry. Okay. I totally lost train of thought, but we'll get back to it anyways. But I wanted to talk about what I started off with on this video in the first place. Sorry, this video, <laughs> this podcast. And that is this, that we live in a very interesting time, an unprecedented time in our history as a nation, as the United States. In the city of San Francisco, the mayor actually believes that she has the power to suspend to suspend people's rights to travel. You know, now of course in that city it might it might apply a little bit as far as you know. I, I don't know about applying to into. I don't think it can apply to individuals. Actually, to be honest with you, um, there is no pandemic in this country. Uh, the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization, declared a pandemic but where all the deaths are are not here could it happen here yep sure could but once again it would have to surpass the seasonal flu levels of death which the cdc uh estimates is about twelve thousand a year 
So 12,000, that's a thousand a month. Okay. What's a thousand a month? That's 250 people a week dying from the flu each year. 250 people a week. 250 people a week. Okay. So I want you to think about that. And there are many more. Hey, Google, how many people get the flu every year in the United States? On the website cdc.gov, they say, CDC estimates that influenza has resulted in between 9 million, 45 million illnesses, between 140,000 to 810,000 hospitalizations, and between 12,000 to 61,000 deaths annually since 2010. Ho, ho! So the annual the flu, did you have 12 million cases a year? Hey, Google, could you repeat that, please? Sure. On the website cdc.gov, they say, CDC estimates that influenza has resulted in between 9 million, 45 million illnesses, I between 140,000 to 810,000 hospitalizations, and between 12,000 to 61,000 deaths annually since 2010. Thank you. Okay, so we know that nine, sorry, 12, I don't know where I got 12, I was thinking about another number. Nine million people a year are, are infected and made sick by influenza. That's the seasonal flu, whatever strain it is. The coronavirus is like the flu, has all the flu symptoms and, you know, but with some of its own unique symptoms too. Just like influenza, it tends to really affect young, very young children. Uh, immune challenged people and elderly. What's happening with this one? Immune challenged young children and elderly are the ones that are really being affected um, and dying. But we haven't reached those levels. So in order for an epidemic to hit here, so if in a, if if in the United States nine million people a year are uh, made sick um, with or, you know, they're sickened by influenza. Well, imagine what it is around the world. So we have in America for us to justify some kind of national emergency. This thing has to at least rise to the level of 200. Not even has to, I, I, it would have to be above the 250 a week that the in, that the average influenza or the average influenza, yearly influenza, the seasonal flu that we, we all experience at some point. Um, 9 million affected and 12,000 die a year. That's 1,000 a month and that's 250 a week. So we don't have any business or anybody shutting anything down. There's no this don't, you know, social, social distance. Let's work on our social distance. Guys, just in California, I think there's six people that might have died in California. That's not an epidemic by any stretch. So the numbers don't justify anything. There is no exigent circumstances whatsoever. There's a flu and people are showing up, but yeah, but we know that people are getting coming down with, with the coronavirus. But how many of those tests that they come down with are actual false positives? So here's the thing. There is so much that we don't know. It would be stupid and irresponsible for me to say that, you know, 
it's not something we should not be cautious and concerned about. We should be concerned. But at the same time, we've noticed that when people are cautious and once we realize how this thing's kind of transmitted, which we really don't understand, we do understand that this is most likely a man-made virus, which means that we need to find out who made it, which I'm sure we can find out, and hold them responsible for all the deaths that took place. That's legitimate crime. I mean, any in our own government, if we're if we're still in the idea of biological warfare, and people go, well, you know what? Uh, there's you know there's other countries that'll do it. Okay, yeah. So doesn't make it moral. Doesn't make it okay. Biological warfare weaponry is not justified in any shape, way, shape, or form. The only purpose of it is to absolutely destroy and kill all life, or affect maybe certain lives. Either way, it's meant to, to totally just destroy life. It's not even a self-defense mechanism, okay? Because self-defense is you're going to use something that defends yourself. You're not going to have something that's going to wipe out your own population and your enemy. That's stupid. Of course, then again, that's government. Anyways, we have shelter down in place in San Francisco. They have stated that though law enforcement is not going to enforce the shelter in place, in other words, right now, because they've made this declaration, which they don't have the right to do right now because it's not justified. Like I said, like when there's an earthquake, there's a reason to watch out because if the power's down and stuff, I mean, even curfews, I don't totally agree with it because you know what, guys? The police are not the only ones who actually are our security. Actually, our security is up to us, not the police. And they don't have a right to tell us when we can defend ourselves and when we can't. They tell us and we, we, we are stupid enough to listen. But by, by law, by the Bill of Rights, they have no, they have, absolutely have no authority to tell us when, when we can leave, when we can't leave. And maybe because of a disaster, we're walking around watching our neighborhood and our neighbors and we happen to be carrying a gun to make sure that nobody's, po nobody's out here to, what is that, uh, to loot, okay? And um, that's our right to do so. The thing is, is you know what's going on? I've even gotten this argument from my son. What would you do if there was no police? And all my rights were restored back to me like they should have, like they should be. I think that the crime rate would probably, we would always, we're always gonna have some kind of crime rate because within humanity, humanity is broken. Okay, humanity is broken. So you're gonna have a percentage of people who are, who have very strong criminality, criminality traits. That's just a fact of life. It's a fact of nature. Um, but they still are responsible for what they do. I mean, they're, they're adults or they're able, they know the difference between right and wrong. It doesn't mean that they're, they're not responsible. They are, and they should pay the price. It's like somebody who might have a strong uh, inkling for uh, violence, you know, a strong inkling for food. They have a problem with controlling their appetite, and therefore they have a problem controlling their weight. Um, you know, this, it always boils down, see, individual liberty is, is the scariest thing to people who need to have control of other people. Individual liberty is, scares the shit out of governments.
And I'll tell you why that is. It's because governments all through history have been the ones who've uh, used the labor, the backs, the lives of their people to process um, and make themselves strong. You know, we had these monarchies, we had pharaohs, we had emperors, kings. But we grew out of that shit. One of my family members talked about, um, you know, it's a childish understanding of the Bill of Rights. Of My ideology, my understanding of the Bill of Rights is childish. You know, because I believe in, you know, that your rights are absolute. And there is never a time that your rights can ever be taken away unless you've actually used your own rights to violate someone else's rights. Like kill somebody, rape somebody, take their property um, without their permission. Um, you know, we all know what crime is. That's, that's the funny thing. We all know what crime is. There is no question anywhere about what crime. We, we know what crime is. Even as children, we know it's wrong to steal something. We know it's wrong to lie. You know, so, and do we do these things? Yes, we still do them. I love when people go, oh, well, you know, you've done this, you've done that. Yep, I sure have. And I sleep well at night. You know why? Because you can't change the past. So you just dust yourself off and try to do better the next time. And if people want to keep bringing you back to that place where you freaking kept falling down, most likely they're the ones that are tripping you and you need to get them the hell out of your life. And it doesn't matter who they are, whether they're family members, it's somebody, even even a, a, an intimate partner, whatever it is. Guys, never accept anyone who is sitting there tripping you up? If they're not in, if they're not, they're fully encouraging you in who you are as a person, in in your dreams and your desires, whether they agree with them or not. If if they are not 100% behind you, then you know it's time to uh, change the scenery, okay? Because just like our government. Our government doesn't have a right to do pretty much most of the stuff they're doing now. It's just like I watched my own, I'll give you a good example, my own city government. There has been a company who has been serving this community in transportation for uh, the disabled in what's called Dial-A-Ride. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a company uh, locally that does that. For the city, they contract, uh, the city contracts them to to take care of the dollar ride uh, side of trans public transportation here in, in our city. And this guy's been, and his company's been doing this for 30 years. There's, you know, you have career uh, local employees that live here that have grown up here in, in our city. And because the money that, there's something fishy going on. I'll tell you why I think there's something fishy going on because all the standards that are supposed to be met and people are supposed to be graded on this company met all that and above beyond because not only does the city not have to go and look for a reputable company they already know this company they've worked with them for 30 years they have a 30-year relationship they don't have any complaints really main main uh, major complaints nothing that's out of the normal <clears throat> when it comes to employee retention when it comes to employee treatment they have a stellar record uh, and yet 
they lost the bid because another company outside of the area who is absolutely brand new and actually after a little bit of research find that they have a lot of pending uh, complaints against them uh, about uh, employee. They basically don't treat the, the new company that the city is going to contract with. They probably will and they'll just kick this other guy down the street. Um, that's the way our city's been. It's Modesto, California. The city of Modesto has had a lot of issues. They got, they got uh, audited by the state and they had to pay huge amounts of fines. And the reason is, is because there's a lot of corruption in this city. That's just the bottom line. A lot of conflict of interest. In fact, one of the people on the contracts, um, one of the people on the, uh, the city council, they, um, they have some kind of tie or interest in this company. So therefore they couldn't even vote on this at all during this, this, uh, this meeting, this meeting. Um, fortunately, they, uh, one of the city council members, her name is Christine Ayu, I believe, Ayu, A-H-U, Y-O-U, Ayu, I believe it is. And um, the mayor of Modesto, and they both shot down the vote to let this go through for this contract with the new company because there was way too many questions and the county stated that there would be some pretty severe consequences financially with uh, federal funds if the city didn't meet certain things by certain deadlines so we're going to see how that plays out but see here's the whole thing guys Government hasn't done anything that has benefited this this side. When when it comes to uh, uh, building streets and roads and stuff, the the areas that actually allowed private companies to take that over and take care of that, and some roads are tolls and some aren't. Okay, um, you know I got to pay a toll to go over the bridge. Uh, and both bridges here come in from this side into the Bay Area. Okay, I got to pay a toll to go over the Bay Bridge or to go over the San Mateo Bridge. I even think the Dumbarton, I think going in, yeah, I think going in from the Dumbarton, you have to pay a toll. Coming in, just going back out, you don't. So, you know, and, and people, we agree to do this voluntarily. This is not, we don't have to take the bridge. We can go around. We can go around the Bay Area. It's a longer drive, more gas more wear and tear on your car, but you can avoid the toll. You can just take a different route into the city. You don't have to pay the toll. See, that's the thing, you don't have to. It's convenient because you're gonna take that route. You would literally have to go, oh, so you'd have to go to South Bay, come back up around, yeah, anyways, I'm going way off track and I'm digressing big time. Cities are freaking out, counties are freaking out, and we don't have a pandemic, guys, we don't have one. The average flu you heard uh, from the CDC themselves, as Google read to us, that 9 million people are uh, affected by influenza each year. And out of that 12,000 and some change, basically 250 people a week die from the flu, if you were to average it out. So 250 people die a week. So we haven't reached that in any city or county in the state of California. So until we at least reach that, then we can have some concerns. 
But there is absolutely no right or justification whatsoever for a city mayor um, or anybody to, to tell businesses they can't open, to tell businesses they can't do business, to tell people they can't leave the city or it's a misdemeanor, really? The only way you're going to be able to enforce that, guys, is if you block and set up roadblocks to all exits out of the city. And if they do that, guys, this is no joke. This is a war. This is a war on your liberty. This is a war on freedom. And this is a war on the United States by people that uh, who just don't like the idea that people are realizing that, you know what, we're, you're, if you're an American, you're freaking free. And everybody, if you're a human, you're free. You don't have to submit to anybody. Nobody was granted any special privileges or rights over you. In America, we are governed by consent. Just by that statement alone, change, alone changes the whole game. That's why see in Canada, in Mexico, in South America, in all the other, on all the other continents, those governments give or take the people's rights. Our government, it states, not only didn't give us our rights, our rights are unalienable, but our government is our servant. And we put them in place by votes and they are not officials, they are not authorities, they are representatives. See, this is something a lot of people don't understand. So all this stuff going on right now, guys, even if I use numbers, just if I went off of numbers, just say there were no Bill of Rights. And the only way that they could do this is if the numbers justified it. The numbers don't come even close. 12,000 people a year die from influenza, the average seasonal flu. Tell me, people, are we there yet? I think not. Peace and love, man.